Welcome to the Fit for Success podcast. Brian Semling is an experienced entrepreneur with over 25 years in business. He is the founder and CEO of Blitz Innovation. He has built several brands such as Brian's Toys, a collectible toy business, to several Amazon FBA brands like Strictly Bricks and Clever Creations. His latest adventure is Rovox, a modern athleisure footwear brand which can be found at rovoxfootwear.com. On the podcast, Brian will talk with other entrepreneurs and social media influencers about their entrepreneurial journey, from what it takes to start and run a business to how they may continue to grow their brands and where they see themselves and their businesses in the future. And now, here's your host, Brian Semley. Welcome to the Fit for Success podcast. I'm Brian Semling, and this is our guest today, Eleanor Hagland, the founder and CEO of Aspire360. Welcome, Eleanor. Hi, thanks for having me. You bet. So we've chatted for a few minutes, and I'd like to just get uh, like you to tell our audience about uh, your background and how you've gotten to where you are with Aspire 360. Yeah. Um, well, so my background has kind of led directly to just starting this product. So maybe I'll, I'll start with kind of where I came from and how I built um, built things. So I'm originally from New Jersey. Um, I went to school at Carnegie Mellon, where I fell in love with kind of the idea of solving problems through startups and innovation. I really enjoyed my time there. Everyone there had a project and was really innovative. So I I started building things and, and trying to sell them at that point. Throughout my career, I've fundraised for startups. Um, I've connected startups with uh, like funders, et cetera. And then through my work, I was connected with my now co-founder um, at Engler. And we decided that the, the fundraising process was still really difficult. It doesn't matter kind of how many times you fundraise. And we set out to, to make it better from the startup perspective and the investor perspective. And that was how we built um, Aspire 360, which we've actually now rebranded as Alliance to connect startups and investors in the early stages to, to really help get them off the ground and innovating in the right directions. What were some of the challenges that you faced uh, along the way? Yeah, I mean, I would say that in a way we're a little bit of a meta startup. So we we faced similar similar challenges to um, to your standard startup, right? Like we we've been around for two years. Um, about a year ago, we launched our first kind of low tech MVP, but we were initially more focused on the the coaching, the mentoring aspects of the startup's journey. Um, and what we realized is that while the startups that were participating in that mentoring and that coaching were really excited. They weren't able to really focus on kind of getting to integrate those into their business until they were sure that they had some path to funding, some way of supporting their company and some way of getting to market. And so what we did was we were like, okay, let's let's flip it then. Let's see if we can kind of get them connected or, or thinking about fundraising. And along the way, find ways to mentor them and coach them and get them kind of building their business in the right way. And so that was one of the one of the initial challenges of, of building this business is where do you start? Do you start with support and learning and then move on to fundraising? Or do you kind of do both in parallel in a way that feels like you're making progress? and learning at the same time. So it sounds like you started with the idea with the coaching and the mentoring Mm -hmm. um, and not necessarily as much the fundraising and then realized that maybe was you needed both basically, or maybe you needed to prioritize the the fundraising. And that was uh, maybe more of a clear and present need that these clients had basically. 
For sure. Yeah. I feel like there's, there's a little bit of like, there's also a little bit of humility that you kind of have to bring to the table. If you are going to get mentoring or coaching, you kind of have to say, I don't know everything. And it's, that's really, really hard, especially in the early stages where most entrepreneurs, people look at them and they're like, you have to be sure of everything that you're doing so that we will give you money and that we will, we will follow you. And so there's a little bit of that duality where you're kind of like, I have to know everything, but I know I don't know everything. <laughs> and so just getting them to like relax and, and understand that nobody knows everything and, right. and it's okay to kind of look for help is, is definitely part of what we've kind of put together. Yeah. It sounds like you did a, a classic pivot of, all right, you get started with a startup business yourself yeah, and you jump in and you have these ideas of the way things is going to go. And it rarely probably works out the way that you or any of us really envisioned from the beginning. So you start realizing, all right, who is, who's your audience? How are you connecting with them? And how can you add value? Uh, And quickly, right? Because you kind of have to be quick when, especially when you're, when you're starting. So you uh, yourself have pivoted and moving in uh, that direction. And you're in a position certainly right now that you're, you can uh, relate very easily with your clients, I suppose, who are um, you know, also startups and you've obviously been involved with other startups as well. So that's, yeah. uh, gives you some good, good, uh, insights and, uh, credibility in that space, I think. So sure. what does the future look like for Alliance over the next, uh, you know, year or two? How do you think it's going to play out anyways? How do you want it to play out? Yeah. I mean, I think that the way that we see Alliance growing is through kind of the, through supporting the communities. So we look to kind of bring on as like, hopefully as many folks as, as we can so that we can be making those great connections. Cause obviously there's, there's fantastic value for both sides as you get more and more people on the platform. Um, and so that's, that's going to be our main focus over the next couple of years, but um Hopefully, after this year, we're going to be able to add on additional mentoring, um, masterminds, like peer groups, so that the entrepreneurs can support each other and other like community resources so that folks can ask questions and, and get answers quickly. Build a community, basically, kind of one step at a time. Exactly. Are there competitors out there that are doing what you're doing? And if so, what is uh, going to set you apart? Yeah. So there are there are always competitors. Um, and certainly we are no exception. Um, it depends on how you look at the market though. So there's, there's kind of the accelerators, incubators, and you could say like, they're doing similar things. Like they bring you in, they teach you things, and then they connect you to investors. We don't think that we're competitive with them in really any way. Um, their goal is to get people to a place where they can fundraise. And our goal is to take them from that place where they've graduated, perhaps from that accelerator, and then start connecting them with the right, the right people. Yep. Um, but there are companies that are trying to just directly connect um, startups and investors, but most of them do it through like static lists. So if you think of a pitch book or a crunch base. You're creating um, a platform, it sounds like, correct? Yeah, exactly. So they're, they're kind of connecting through the like static data and we're trying to connect people to people because everyone's preferences are different. And the startup investor relationship is like a marriage. It's like the co-founder relationship. Um, and so we want that to be a really good fit so that they know that they can kind of progress and, and rely on each other as they're building the company. So aside from pivoting, what are maybe some mistakes? Uh, what are some mistakes that you've made along the way? 
Rovox, where fashion meets fitness. I mean, along the way, so, so many. Um, I would say in my initial stages, when I was first starting businesses, the, the big mistake that I was um, making was kind of keeping my ideas too close to the chest and not going out into, into the world and getting feedback on them until yeah. it was just too late. Like I had already baked it completely. I was like, this is the idea. Now I'm presenting it. And people would be like, yeah, I mean, it's cool. But it's like, I don't see myself buying it. I don't see myself paying for it. And so I learned very early on that talking to customers and listening to customers actively, not just listening for kind of what I wanted to hear, was really, really important for, for me to be able to build products that people actually needed or wanted to use. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's helpful. What are some company entrepreneurs that inspire you? I am a very, um, like pretty much my whole life. I've never been like a person who's like, ah, celebrities, like they inspire me. Or I, most of the time, I don't even kind of know, know many of their names. Um, I would say that a couple of the entrepreneurs, um, that have inspired me have been some of my like closest mentors. So, um, Ed Engler, who is actually now my co-founder is, has been an inspiration to me. He is, incredibly like value oriented and like values first and then everything else follows from those those real that really solid foundation yeah and it's played out very well for him in his career as well and then um kit needham is also one of my big uh, mentors and um, a huge supporter and she's actually been an intrapreneur and she was the one who finally got it through my head that I needed to listen to my customers. And that was, that was huge for me. So um, I'm very, I admire both of them very much. Cool. What are some of the misconceptions that people might have about being an entrepreneur or a business owner? I think that I did a presentation on this once for my, um, for my business school class. It's kind of like, what do you think entrepreneurship is like and what is it actually like? And I think that a lot of people think that entrepreneurship is easy and fun. And you just kind of like throw an idea out on the internet. And within like a couple of days, you have VCs knocking on your door and a ton of money. And you've like moved to San Francisco, blah, blah, blah. And I would say that for the majority of entrepreneurs, that and that might be true for like a couple of folks, but for the majority of, the, of entrepreneurs, it's a slog. Like you are constantly throwing something up on the wall and being like, maybe this, and then having it being like thrown back at you, but like something stuck. And so you've like, you've learned something. And so like every day you're, you're learning just a little bit more and you're, you're able to improve, but it's not as glamorous. I remember when I was starting um, one of my first companies, I feel like everyone is always like, you're in a co-working space and it's white and beautiful and it's in, it's in a WeWork or something. And I was taking calls in like stairwells, hoping that no one would like open the door and like start talking in the stairwell because I was doing business calls with investors like in the hallway on the floor. And so like that, that kind of a thing is, is much more, I think, the typical entrepreneur experience. Yeah. Interesting. So it's, yes, yeah, it's, it's not necessarily a uh glamorous and, and fun without stress and problems. Basically it's the, uh, yeah. the four hour work week is difficult to uh, implement, particularly when getting started. Right. So yeah. you're trying to find your way. Um, yeah. How do you incorporate a healthy uh, lifestyle and fitness into your life? So I am, Oh yeah. I'm really like dedicated or um, committed to my calendar. So I take a lot of like a a little bit of time every week to kind of plan out what I'm going to do for that week. And that's both work and then also like social and fitness. And so um, 
I'm a big believer in time blocking. And so if I, if I block time, I will make sure that I do it. And so, um, because I'm intentional about blocking time for those for health and fitness and cooking at home and making sure that I'm calling people and talking to people that are important to me and helping folks. Um, that's kind of my way of, of being intentional about creating that in my, in my life. That sounds like a really um, wise idea to just make sure that you don't overlook things, maybe including business, but also perhaps outside of business that yeah. allow you to, to be healthy and, uh, and so forth. So, yeah, it's easy to just kind of keep going. Like when you're working, you're just kind of like, this is interesting. I'm learning, I'm, I'm changing things. And so it's easy to forget. That kind of leads to my next question. And it's a partial answer, I think, but in what ways do you find uh, it hard to balance owning a business and having a personal life? And obviously this time blocking is a way to help manage that, I think, but, uh, go ahead. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that that's, that's the challenge of entrepreneurship, right? I think that when you have kind of a nine to five, it's easier to kind of put um, just like barriers in place where you're like, you're paying me for this amount of time or, or to complete this project. When that's done, I kind of can go home and, and relax in, right. in some ways. And I think when you're an entrepreneur, it's, it's your baby. And if no one's, if you're not paying attention to it, no one is because it's, it's yours and you're, you're the one who really cares about it. And so you kind of get those, those highs, but you also get those like really, really like deep lows because you're along for the whole ride. And so you want to put in all those extra hours to make sure that you, you make the lows not so low yeah. and you, you get to those really high peaks. And I, I think that is, that is what makes it challenging to kind of say, okay, I'm done for the night. It's important that I talk to my family, that I uh, make dinner, that I go for a walk, that kind of a thing, because you don't know whether another hour today might save you like another 10 hours tomorrow. Right. Right. Well, that's uh, that's good, good thoughts. And it is a tough balance. Like there isn't a, a specific right answer to that one. It's like, it's yeah. uh, it's an ongoing challenge to, uh, to manage. So we've had a good discussion today and I just kind of want to give you a chance to uh, is there anything that I haven't asked today that uh, you wished I would have asked? I think that the only thing that I would add maybe is um, if there are folks that are looking to build businesses, build startups, or even work in business generally, um, I would recommend a book. Um, I would recommend Humanocracy. Um, it's a really interesting read, really kind of interesting alternative way of looking at management. So if, if anyone's looking for some good reading, that's the one I would recommend. Humanocracy. Yeah. So tell us how listeners and how our audience can find out more about you and Alliance. Yeah. Um, well, so anyone listening can um, contact us. Um, you can go on our website at www.alliancewithans.com, or you can reach out on LinkedIn to me. Um, again, my name is Eleanor Hagland, um, E-L-E-A-N-O-R. And we're very, very happy to, to chat with you and help connect you with anyone um, that you're interested in. Cool. Eleanor, it's been uh, very nice to have you on the podcast today. Thank you uh, for your time. Thank and you for having me. You bet. I'm Brian Sumlin, and this is the Fit for Success podcast.